want to say I thank God for His goodness, thank Him for His mercy and His grace. Without those things, without the Lord, I would not be here tonight. could name a couple of places that I could be, but I'm here. Thank God for what He's done in my life. I thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for the love that He's shown to me. <clears throat> I think sometimes we expect these things as a Christian. We expect this goodness to just to just come to us. But as Brother David mentioned briefly this morning, it's not always... Easy. It's not always smooth sailing. There's difficult times and difficult things that come. And then a lot of times we, without putting any effort in, without doing the things that we ought to do, we still expect to be blessed. And I can say from experience, sometimes that's where that grace and mercy is shown. Even though we're not doing quite what we ought to be doing, God still blesses and still provides and still gives us more than what we stand in need of. I want to preach tonight out of First Peter. Be a couple of other places as well. I've got to get to my text. I was at those couple of other places. First uh, Peter, I'll read a little bit briefly in chapter one and read into verse into chapter two. And God has shown me through the study of this message. I've seen and tasted His goodness and His grace and His mercy. As He said, I could probably stand up here for 30 minutes and tell you about just the things that He's done just in recent months, an hour and the things He's done in recent years. But over these recent months where it just seems like a piling on just one after another, blessing after blessing after blessing, I want to say this in, in light of the message. Through all of that, I don't feel like I really thanked and praised God like I should have for those things. And it was because I was not in His Word as much as I should have been. I want you all to keep that in mind and in thought as we go through this message tonight. I know you asked me to preach the same message, and uh, I, I mostly will, but I feel like there may be a little bit of a twist to it that may have not come up last night. Uh, Lord just kind of laid some things on my heart. Uh, I'm going to read First Peter chapter one. Begin reading in verse twenty-one. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow 
thereby. Verse 3, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to stand and preach your word. God, thank you for these that have come out tonight. God, we thank you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy that you've bestowed upon us. God, thank you for sending your Son to seek and to save that which was lost. God, I thank you for those that sit in the pews tonight, God, that have come to know you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray if there's one with us tonight, God, that hasn't, that you'll touch and draw them, God, tonight. Lord, I just ask you again, hide me behind the cross, Lord. I pray that you touch me, Father, anoint me, God, uh, set myself aside, Lord. I pray for your message and your words to be heard tonight, God. I pray that you would speak, God, through me. And I thank you, God, for using me, though I'm an unworthy vessel. God, I want to thank you for using me anyhow to do your work and your service. I just pray I'd be obedient to you tonight. God, have your will and your way in the service. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this message initially was I don't think I really give the title uh, yesterday when I preached it in South Carolina. I wasn't really settled on it, but it was uh, geared towards desiring the word or desiring the milk of the word. Uh, but really, my heart was just on to desire the word. Uh, but tonight, I've, I was out there praying earlier before the service, and it's like God switched a word in here for me to desire the fire. And I begin to think about that lesson that Brother David taught about throwing the wood on the fire. And so I want to give you the title tonight to desire the fire. But there's going to be some things that we're going to need to do to desire this fire. There's going to be some things that are going to take place if we desire the fire. And I'm not talking about hell fire, but I'm talking about fire from God. I'm talking about being on fire for God. I'm talking about the fire of God. We look in First Peter and we see uh, in, in the very beginning of this chapter that Peter has written this epistle to Jewish believers that are scattered about in various places. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. He's written to these Jewish believers that are from all over. He's not writing this to preachers. He's not writing this to the singers. He's not writing this to the Sunday school teachers. He's writing this to the believer. It is not necessarily to a specific group of people, again, such as the preacher. But the things that are written in this epistle, the things that Peter has written are to the believer. So if you're here tonight and you're a believer of Jesus Christ, these things pertain to you. It is not just for the preacher. And in verse 2 of chapter 2, it says to desire. This is as newborn babes, as a newborn believer, as a a young Christian, and I do not mean young in the sense of age, but young in the sense of faith. Young as in the sense maybe you've not been saved long, or it could be that you have been saved a while, but you're immature. And you're immature because you have not desired the sincere milk of the Word, and you have not grown, because you have not gotten the nourishment that you stand in need of from the Word of God. And we understand sometimes throughout the Bible, some of these books were written at the time to a specific group of people. I think about uh, Timothy. Paul was writing to Timothy. Paul was writing this book to the preacher. Yet there are some things that the believer can take out of that book. But here, Peter is writing to these Jewish believers. So if you are a believer tonight, these things pertain to you. I want to read. I'm going to jump over to verse uh, uh, back to chapter one. I want to read some verses here, 13 through 16. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. 
Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. If you're going to desire the fire, you're going to live a holy life. You're going to live a set-apart life. You're going to live a righteous life. And that is the very problem that we're having today in our society, in the churches, everywhere you turn. Probably in this very church, you've got people that are not living holy, people that are not living a righteous life, people that are not set apart, people that are not serving God the way that they ought to be, people that are not desiring the milk of the Word, people that are not spending time in prayer, people that are not spending time on their knees, people that are not fellowshipping with God, people that are not fellowshipping with the brethren, they're drawing themselves away with their own lust, being set apart from the church, being set apart from God, instead of being set apart from the world. That's what we ought to be as a Christian is set apart from the world. Desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. Desire that milk that you may grow thereby. Grow in the Lord. Grow in the Spirit. Grow in your faith. Don't grow into this world. Believers are growing into the world instead of into the Lord. That's what's happening today. We're growing in the wrong direction. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. This is very important for a young Christian. It's very important for a new believer in Christ. Desire that sincere milk of the Word. Gotten a little ahead of myself. I'm going to backtrack. Uh, verse number 1 in chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside... All malice. I'm going to get technical for a minute and give some definitions, but I think we need to know what these things are. It's malice is extreme enmity of heart or malevolence. My first point is we are told to depart from some things, to lay aside these things. Malice. A disposition to injure others without cause. For mere personal gratification or from a spirit of revenge. Don't we seek revenge sometimes when someone hurts us? Sometimes we find out somebody's talking about us behind our back. We seek revenge. We want to try to try to underhandedly do something towards them. But can I tell you tonight that you and that person both are going to have to answer one day to God about the things that have happened. And He is the one that's going to have the revenge. He is the one that's going to serve the justice. He is the one. It is in His hands. It is not in our hands, child of God. Do not seek revenge on those that are against you, but get on your knees and pray for them. He's going to get the revenge one day. And that's a joy that we can have is that revenge will be served to the wicked. But I believe there's a fine line with that because we need to be praying that God will save them, that they will not be damned to hell. That's not what we ought to want. And I think sometimes that may be where we, we, we start thinking on this aspect of revenge. Well, you know what? I'm not going to do anything, but one day God's going to send them to hell. They're going to be suffering. That may be right, but we've got to be careful how we think about that. Guile. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, this is cunning, deceit, underhanded. I think about a fox. We say that's saying a sly fox, underhanded, mischievous, deceitful. I think about say if your and use this example yesterday. Your mom tells you to take out the trash and take out the trash in the morning. 
She calls you at 3 o'clock. Did you take out the trash this morning? I took it out. So you, you tried to work your way around answering truthfully. You're deceitful. You answered the question, but you didn't take it out in the morning. You took it out at 2 o'clock right before she called you. You said, I took it out. You didn't do what she said. You didn't answer the question correctly. You mentioned politics for a minute. That's what happens in politics. They go around, beat around the bush, so to speak. Deceit. Hypocrisy. Laying aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies. A feigning to be what one is not. A concealment of one's real character or motives. A deceitful show of a good character. And this, I think about a used car salesman. A lot of times they're not honest. But a lot of times at their job, they dress up nice. They might have on a suit. They might have on a button-up shirt. Nice pair of slacks. They look like an honest person. They clean the car up to make the car look like a nice ride. And then they go out there and they tell you all these good things. They lie about the gas mileage. They up it a couple of miles from what you're really going to get when you get in there and pull out. And then they go home, throw the shirt off, grab a bottle, cuss their wife, things of that nature. Hypocrisy. See it in the church. Come in church on Sunday morning. Stumble in church on Sunday morning because they were in the bar on Saturday night. Hypocrisies. Envies. To feel uneasiness, mortification, or discontent at the sight of superior excellence, a reputation or happiness enjoyed by another, and to hate him on that account. You know, envy springs from pride. And we all know pride cometh before destruction. This envy is when you're looking at your neighbor's nice truck over there. You're looking at his nice lawn, his nice yard, his nice things that he may have. If you're not careful, you might start to look at some other things that he has. You might begin to look at your neighbor's wife. And then you're dealing with a whole nother problem. You begin to envy one thing that he has, and then you look at another, and you look at another, and you step into this this uh, this act of envying what someone else has. You never know how far it may go. I think that saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go, make you pay more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want to stay. It's a rabbit hole. Envies. Evil speakings. This one's pretty simple. We're all guilty of this one. Speaking ill of others. How often is every one of us doing this? How often do we speak ill of another? Some of us probably on a daily basis. Speaking ill of someone else. Word of God says to put aside, lay aside, depart from these things. All evil speakings. Speaking ill of another. But God's going to help us with these things. Look at verse number 2. It says to lay aside all these things. Point number 1, desire, depart from these things. Point number 2 is to desire. We are told, number 1, to depart from some things. But number 2, then we are told to desire something. To desire the sincere milk of the Word. This milk is simply the less difficult truths of the Christian religion. These are the basics. 
This is the, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. God created man in his own image and likeness. God sent his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to live the life of a man without sin, yet die the sinner's death on the cross for you and I to pay our debt and rise the third day. And today, now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. These simple and basic truths, young child of God, these are the things that we need to be flooding and filling our hearts and our minds with. These basics, these things. Things that we can understand. Don't jump in here and try to figure all this out. You'll never exalt this book all the days that you live. But just get a hold of something. Get a hold of that milk. Get a hold of those simple truths that will give you the nourishment that you stand in need of as a believer. Desire these simple truths. The milk of the Word of God. Have you ever seen desire? Have you ever seen a newborn? Where's he at? He's back there. You see that boy hungry. I know I look stupid, but he's, he's hungry. He's desiring that milk. And he lets you know that he's hungry. He'll cry. He'll, they call it rooting. I guess that's what that stupid thing was I was just doing. But that baby desires that milk. He needs and wants that nourishment. As a Christian, as a child of God, we need to desire. He doesn't care where he's at when he's hungry. He doesn't care who's around when he's hungry. He doesn't care about the environment that he's in when he's hungry. He's hungry for that milk. Child of God, we need to be hungry for the Word of God. No matter where we're at. No matter who's around. No matter what our friends say. No matter what your family says. Be hungry for the Word of God. It says the sincere milk. This sincere means pure and unmixed. You know, they've got a lot of, and I understand it's necessary, he gets some sometimes, but formula instead of the natural, the breast milk. There's a lot of formulas out there. There's a lot of forms of this word now. There's a lot of the fake thing. There's a lot of imitation milk out there. Your King James Bible, the true Word of God that God intended for us to have in the English language, this is your sincere, pure, unmixed milk. And you know something about breastfed babies are generally they're just more all-around healthy than a formula-fed baby. There are some things that come with getting that Pure milk, that natural thing that God desired, that designed them to have. If mama comes in contact with an illness, that baby, that mama's milk will start producing those antibodies that that child needs to defend itself from that illness. But then if he gets away from mama, you know where this is going, when he gets away from mama, And he comes into contact with something. He gets his hands into something. He gets around something that that might infect him. Next time he goes back to mama. Next time he latches back on to mama. That thing will enter into her glands and she'll begin to produce those antibodies that that child needs to fight off the infection from the things that he got into. Can I tell you something, child of God? 
That is what God does when you and I, if we get away from Him, if we step away from that Word, if we get off our knees, we start to walk away from Him, you just come back to Him, you latch back on to the Father, and He will give you exactly what you stand in need of. And exactly when you stand in need of it, He will give you what you need to fight off whatever infectious mess you've gotten into out there. He'll give you the Word. He'll give you the milk. He'll give you the nourishment. He will give you what you stand in need of to fight off the wild of the devil, to fight off the wickedness, to fight off whatever infectious mess that you've gotten into when you got away from Him. He'll do it for you, child of God. It's God's protection plan. He designed it for you. That's just what God does. It's just what God does for you and I. What a blessing that is. If you go astray, child of God, you just come back. He's got what you need. He's got what you stand in need of. He'll give it to you, but you've got to get back to Him. You've got to get back to Him. He'll give you what you need. I want to look at these other passages that I had in mind. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. And whereas there is among you envy, strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Here Paul is saying, I fed you with milk, not been able to feed you with meat. Still am I not able to feed you with meat. Because you're an immature Christian. And we've got Christians. And I, I don't know where these lines are, the years and things. I, I don't think the years really matter. But it's how much nourishment have you gotten in your time? How much have you desired this sincere milk of the Word? Where are you at in your spiritual growth? Are you still being, do you find yourself feeling like you ought to be getting something more than milk, but you're still on the, you're still on the milk because you can't yet chew on the meat because you've not desired, you've not gotten the proper nourishment that you've needed? I believe this is where many a Christian will find themselves today because of their lack of desire for the fire. Their lack of desire for, to be on fire for God. Their lack of desire to get on our knees. Their lack of desire for the Word. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I had not been reading as much as I ought to. And this, oftentimes, Brother David, I know you've said a lot of times in Sunday school, sometimes the things that, that you're studying on are something that helps you in your life. And you can then uh, give the people the situations in your life and what you've gotten out of the Word of God that has helped you in your situation. You can try all of the preaching. You can listen to it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, throughout. I mean, I was listening to preaching on the way to work throughout the work day, listening to the songs, the singing, singing myself, you know, trying to pray because that's about all you're going to do if you're out of the Word of God. You'll try to pray. You can try all those things. Don't neglect those things. But you can try all of those things. But without 
that milk, without that word, you're not going to get the nourishment that you need to grow thereby. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're not going to grow as a child of God if you're not in the word of God. And our pastor has been teaching, uh, been uh, preaching, teaching uh, on how to study the Bible. He's doing that because he wants his people to grow. If you're not growing, it's not your pastor's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault if I'm not growing. It's not his fault. If he comes in here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and feeds you and gives you what God has told him to give, it's not his fault if you're not growing. It's your fault because you're not desiring the milk of the Word of God. You're not desiring to You don't want to grow. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. This is about the same stuff. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful. That word unskillful is a lack of experience in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You need this nourishment to be able to discern good and evil. Teenagers... Young folks, you need this nourishment. Adults need it too, but I really want to drive that home to the younger ones. Desire this word because there's so much out there that is deceitful. There's so much out there that will guide you the wrong way. There's so much out there. There's so many wolves in sheep's clothing. There's so much out there that will deceive you. The only way you're going to be able to uncover that wolf by being close to God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the only way that you're going to be able to discern that good and that evil. Because the the serpent in the garden said it was a beautiful creature. That was Satan. He did not reveal his true identity. The only way you're going to be able to discern This good and evil is by having your senses, your spiritual senses exercised. Only way you're going to do that is by getting the proper nourishment and the pure and unmixed Word of God. Now, if we depart, some of us are at that place where we ought to be teaching by now. We ought to be teaching some others. But we're still being taught because we've not desired the milk. We've not desired the fire. We've not desired to grow. We've not desired to learn. We're still being taught. We ought to be at that point where we ought to be teaching. If we depart from these things, desire that milk, we will develop. We will grow. Back in our text. Desire that milk that you may grow thereby. We need to grow as a Christian. That little baby's precious. That little baby's little. A lot of people probably want him to stay like that. 
But he don't need to stay like that. He can't stay like that. He's not going to stay like that. He's going to grow. He's going to get nourishment. As a Christian, you cannot remain as a newborn babe in Christ. You must grow. You must grow. If you're going to fight, if you're going to discern good and evil, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, you're going to need to grow. How do we grow? Desire the sincere, the pure, the unmixed, the unfallible Word of God. Dig into this book. It might have been Brother James when he gave me this. He said, wear that book out. He didn't mean throw it around and rip the pages out. He meant dig in. Dig into this Word. Wear the pages out because you cried tears on them because you flipped them, reading back and forth and studying and digging into this thing. Wear out. Try with all of your might to exalt this book. You never will, but try. Strive to live that holy and righteous and upright life as we talked about in verse 13 through 16. Be holy for He is holy. How are we going to do this? Being in His Word that we may grow. If we'll depart, if we'll desire, we will develop. You will grow. If you depart from those things, depart from the lust of your flesh, depart from all of these things, desire the Word of God, you will develop. You will be able to discern good and evil. And then lastly, we see you are destined to taste that the Lord is gracious. Verse number 3, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Again, I have to look at myself, all those good things that were happening in my life. I, I saw it. I, was, I felt like I was thankful for them. I don't think I really tasted them. Though. I don't think I really got that taste that the Lord was just being gracious to me. That the Lord was just really pouring out. I mean... I look back, and I, I did finally, I got to that point where I believe I just really let the Lord have it, if I could say it like that. I just really praised Him for what He's done for me. But through all of it, up until a certain point, I didn't really taste it. I was just swallowing it. I wasn't chewing it up. I wasn't marinating on it. But I got back. I got back in His Word. Then I began to taste that the Lord is gracious. I begin to taste the goodness of God. I begin to realize how undeserving I am. I begin to realize how good He had been in spite of how bad I had been. The lack of faithfulness I had had as a servant, yet He still remained faithful because the Lord is gracious. I'll throw this out there. It was... Probably should have been somewhere else in the message, but I believe it was our pastor. He mentioned, I think, recently that I don't know if he was up here just talking to me, but as humans, we're the only mammals that continue to drink milk into adulthood, into full maturity. We still drink milk. Now, I talked about as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. But when you get to that mature state, sometimes you still need to go back and look at those basic. Simple truths. Take a look at that milk again. Remind yourself. Again, I see in verse number 12 of chapter 1 of 1 Peter. 
Maybe it was Second Peter. Yep, Second Peter. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it me, think it necessary, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. There's going to come a day we're going to take off this flesh. There's going to come a day we're going to pull out of here. But until then, we need to be stirred up. We need to desire the fire. And even if you are at that mature state as a Christian, sometimes you still need to go back to that milk. Sometimes you still need to go back to those simple and basic truths and remind yourself about the goodness of God. Remind yourself that Jesus Christ came to this earth born of a virgin to live the life of a man, to die the death of a sinner, though he was pure, though he was holy, though he was righteous, though there was no sin in him, he died the most Horrible, the most humilifying, the most painful, the most torturous death that we could ever imagine on the cross. He did it for you and I. And sometimes we get away from that and we need to be reminded that we might be stirred up that God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He come to seek and to save that which was lost. He come not to condemn the world but to save the world. He did not come to shame the sinner. He did not come to slap the drunk. He did not come to to damn the harlot to hell. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Sometimes as a mature Christian we need to be reminded of that. Don't get too high and mighty. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget. I don't care if you've been brought up on a church pew. I don't care if you were out like I was. Don't forget the grace of God that it took to save you. Don't forget that He came to seek and to save. Don't forget that we are unworthy. Don't forget these simple and basic truths. Don't forget that God created the heavens and the earth. Don't forget that He sent His Son to seek and to save that which was lost. We'll depart from these things. Desire the Word. We will develop. We'll be able to discern good and evil. And we are destined to taste that the Lord is gracious. I'll close in prayer. Pastor, I'll give it over to you. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for this message, how it's been a help to my life. God, I pray now that you'll just touch and move and work in the hearts, God, of your people. God, I ask you to just be with us in the rest of the service. God, have your will. Have your way. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.